story of Simpson and Zida. And we're wondering what in the world was Simpson thinking? It was quite clear that what Zida was trying to do. She shouldn't even make us like a secret of it. She said, What can we do to you to take away your strength? And yet, Simpson keeps going and uh, keeps uh, trying to, so to speak, uh, fool with one thing after the next. What's the Navi trying to tell us? So we began to discuss it last time with the principle that uh, the Dlila is an illustration, an example of how the Sultan works on a person too. And as instead of trying, sometimes the Sultan tries to trap a person and to overpower him, sometimes it just grinds him down. It just keeps going again and again and again until eventually the person gives in. Uh, Sultan is compared to a fly, we spoke about this last time, and just like a fly, the way it works is that uh, it just keeps coming back. It's not particularly a strong animal, but it's a very persistent one. And eventually, just gets what it wants, the person gives up. And that was the technique Lila tried as well. She didn't think that necessarily she could overpower Shimshon, he was Shimshon Agibar. But she thought that the way to deal with him was just to keep trying again and again and again and again, until eventually she made some progress. Now, what was Shimshon's Hashman? What was he doing? So we've already seen before, in the story we found at the gates of Aza, that Berega Shimshon started to do things wrong. He already started to lose the, the supernatural, miraculous strength that HaKadosh Baruch gave him. And therefore we saw when it came to the gates of Aza, that instead of attacking the people of Aza, which Shimshon would have done or could have done beforehand, he still had the strength to move the city gates, but not necessarily to overcome the people. And now the Chazal tell us that this relationship with Lila was also not of Yashem. And that's the case, Shimshon was not of Yashem. And that's the case, Shimshon understood here also that he's not going to necessarily have the Kayach to overcome the Pishnu. But he thought, I still have the power to scare them. And therefore, you know, to show how strong he is and uh, terrorize them, even if he's not going to be able to, to destroy them, to, to defeat them. And therefore, Shimshon thought that Adarava, uh, by working, so to speak, with playing the game, with the leader, in a way that he was showing that clearly this was going to overcome him, and then again this was going to overcome him, and so on each time. And each time he'll show that he's too strong and they can't overcome him. That would help his goal as well. You know, that would be a way for him to keep demonstrating to the fish how strong he is. And then they, they, they wouldn't dare to touch him. And therefore, he also knew what Lila was trying to do, but he thought, I'll play with her again. And what she's trying to show is like, how you can overcome me, how, you can take, how she could take away his strength. And he thought, I'll, have I'll play the game with her, and I'll keep showing that she can't. And that will be the way that I'm going to overcome the Pishnah. Now, that's true for the particular story here of Shemeshul and Lila. The Maisa is, it's a mistake people make in fighting the Eitzahara. And great people make this mistake also. And that is, they think that they're, they're strong enough to fight the Yetzirah. Let the, let the Yetzirah come and take me. I'll show them I'm stronger. And let them come again, I'll show them I'm stronger. And they think that the way to overcome the Yetzirah is to keep defeating the Yetzirah. And if I fight enough times, and I win enough times, he'll give it eventually. He's, uh, he'll see I'm stronger than he is. And it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. That's not the way it's going to be successful against the Yetzirah. And this is the, the reverse of what we said before. Is because the Yetzirah is more persistent than the person is. And therefore, it's not like after a number of times the Yetzirah is going to give up and say, well, he's stronger than me, I give up. He's not going to give up. Uh, and, and eventually, eventually, uh, as much as a person can win one battle after the next, but slowly, slowly, he's going to start losing ground. 
That's all the Yitzhara needs. Because you can win the first time, you can win 90% the second time, that's really a 10% victory for the Yitzhara. And, and the Yitzhara is willing to try again and again until he goes down to 80%, until to 70 And eventually the person is going to make the mistake. It doesn't mean that he didn't, he wasn't but a 100 times before it, but at the end of the day, that's what the Yitzhara wants. And therefore, the way we told the Chazal, the way to deal with the Yitzhara is to avoid it. Don't try getting the confrontation with him. Because even if you think you're going to win, that's only the first round. He's going to come back for a second. And the person now thinks, well, I showed you I'm stronger the first round. So the person's already relying on a certain confidence that he has. I already beat him once. I already beat him twice. I already beat him ten times. Right? So then the person loses his, uh, so to speak, determination. Because he thinks it's easier to get than it's so many times before. And if that's the case, the answer has already gained a lot. Because that way the person, each time the person wins, but uh, the, the amount of effort he had to put into it, or the amount of care or thought that he puts into the fight gets less. And that's when the answer starts to gain ground. And therefore it might not be the first time he's marshal the person, but eventually. Eventually it's going to, he's going to work down the person's resistance. Which is exactly what Zira was trying to do, and that's exactly the mistake she made. Instead of seeing her as being a threat and seeing her as being a danger, and saying, that's okay, so I'm abandoning her. Run for your life. I have nothing to do with her. Uh, Shimshin thought, no, whatever. I'm stronger than she is. Let her try. Each time I'll prove to her I'm stronger than her. And that'll be also the way to keep the fish in afraid of me, I'll keep showing them how strong I am. So he was willing to go along with it. And now if you ask the question before, it was showing him asked. It was just like playing cat and mouse, so he was lying to her again and again. And now he never tell it to us. But the reason why he tells us is because we see two things. The one thing which we pointed out last time, which uh, a number of Russian Malshiks, like Kukoyin says, is that you see that he is getting weaker each time. It's true, he, he, every time he was successful uh, to break the bonds which held him, but if you see in the Russian of the Nah, each time it was more difficult, which means he was losing strength. He was losing his advantage each time more and more. But there's a second point also. As if, you look, if you look at what he told her to do, slowly, slowly he's revealing his secret. Not in one time. But every time he gives away a bit more. And therefore, until eventually, eventually he gives it, he gives it all in. Let's look. That's what we told you each time. And you'll see how each time he gives away a bit more. The first time she asks him, What's, what, what makes you so strong? And how can you be of a kind? So he says, the first thing he says, he found me with seven ropes. Seven ropes. That's nothing. He wakes up, he sna- and he breaks the ropes. The second time he tells him, that's not just ropes, but they have to be uh, voicing. They have to be twisted yeah. together, braided together. Then, then, then you'll be successful. So it's not just seven ropes, it's seven braided ropes. Again, she tries it, doesn't work, it's too strong. The third time, he says, if you take the seven plaits of my hair and you tie it to a masachis, to the, we saw the, 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 whip, uh, the, the loom, which was used for the weaving, now, I think it's, we know now, ha, uh, Shimshon had, his hair was made out of seven plaits. So look how in each time he gives her one more point. The first time it's seven. The second time it's something which is plaited. The third time it's his hair. But each time he tells her something, one more point he's, 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 he's come to. He's, he, he, so to speak, his own life to. But eventually the last time, it's not just the seven plaits of his hair, what you have to do with them. And then the last time he gives in and he says, if you cut them. He even started off with, though, with the number seven. Right. That's the first thing that he said. Right. So that's it. That was the first thing. The first thing he gave him was the seven. Then there were plaits. Then it was plaits of hair. 
And slowly, slowly, you see, each time he's giving in a bit more each time. And that's exactly what the Sultan wants. That's exactly what the Sultan works to. He has, he's willing to try again and again and again. And what's going to happen is, each time, a person gives in a little bit. A little bit more, a little bit more, until eventually he's successful. And that's what Shemishnah's mistake. He thought that I'm going to use this as an opportunity to prove how strong I am again and again and again. But it doesn't work like that. If you're going to keep fighting the right, eventually the person's going to lose. And that's why, that's why Chazal tell us the way to deal with the Yatsara is run away from it. Avoid it. Don't get into an ongoing struggle to try and prove you stronger than he is because it doesn't work. And eventually, like it says, Eventually, after, I don't know how long Korayomim was, however long it was, eventually Shimshon gives in. And he tells it. And the we were wondering at the time, what made him do that? It wasn't something which began then. It's something which has been happening the whole time. Something from the beginning that he's slowly, slowly, slowly been giving in the whole time. And that's often received by the Yetzar also. And then as you see at the end, someone does something terribly wrong. Think, what happened to them? How did they suddenly do such a big event? Understand, it didn't start there. It's the end of a long process, which is slowly, slowly, slowly been wearing away at the person, just, you know, eating him up until eventually he falls. But it's only the last stage. The Yetzar has been at work a long time before that. Those are the two things which, two of the things, the Chavis al says, what makes the Yetzirah so formidable. The first one is he doesn't give up. You're not going to say, I've defeated him and now he's, he's, that's it, he's waved the white flag of surrender and he's not trying anymore. He doesn't give up. You can defeat him a hundred times, he'll still come back. Number one. Number two, and because of that, the second thing which makes him so, so much of an enemy is because Vata Yashinlai. When I've defeated him a few, so many times, I, I don't see him as such a serious enemy. Okay, like he's, uh, he, I can de- I deal with him. I've done it so many times already. And therefore, you, you lose your sense of, so to speak, vigilance, your sense of uh, control, which is what's going to make you successful. And when that happens, eventually, uh, the Yatara is going to win. Now, that's, that's uh, what you see playing out here in the story of Shemesh and Lila as well. Azal said she was called Lila for three reasons. Which means there were three different things which she caused Shimshon to lose. The one was, of course, he lose his strength. That's the obvious one. That eventually, when she worked out what made him strong, so by cutting his hair, it took away his strength. That's the one. The second one, um, and that's the, the second Nukodiga, which is the Nakh doesn't talk about. But we understand is the same point, and that is, Shimshon was doing something wrong with with her. He wasn't meant to do that, and uh, she used that to her advantage, because she also realized if I'm going to get him to do something wrong, so then that's going to take away his chosim, whatever that's chosim up, and uh, that's why he didn't understand the Shema yet before. Now you see it the whole way through, as as the time went on, he, he he lost strength the whole time, so to speak. That's the same thing. It was the Yetzirah somebody working in a way, and that is to get a person to do things wrong. It takes away this person. That And that's the second thing to do. And Dildas Kaifa, we said Dildas Maisov, and the last thing was that Dildas Enish, obviously she caught him to get landed, which was the result of what the Christian did when they eventually captured him. The other way is that the attraction for her. That uh, it says the Yagada is called Iboy. That uh, he he gave in he 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 told her everything. He uh, he told all the whole truth. 
It wasn't what he did originally. Well, exactly why he was strong. He was a Nazir. There's two things here. Yeah. The good is that the, the this is something which this is we can bring up one more time. In the previous year we said that one of the ways Hashem's works is the first time around he sends a person a warning. The warning isn't yet the punishment, it's the warning. The second time it's the punishment. And the punishment follows the same, so to speak, progression as the warning does, because so this is what you didn't learn the last time around. Shimshun's already been here, he's already done that. The first time he got married, it's only from Tinder. So there also he had a secret he didn't want to tell her. And there also, eventually he gave in. Except there the secret didn't make such a big difference. It was just a question of 30, 30 seats of clothing that you went and stuck from the Pishtim anyway. But you already see Shimshun, this is where you get overcome. And that is that when it's just like the first lady from Timur told him, How do you say you love me? You don't love me, you don't tell me the truth, you don't reveal your riddles to me. And it only took seven days and Shimshun gave in, he told her to. So that was Shimshun's warning. You see where your weakness is. You see where your weakness is. That uh, that same process, so to speak, will take your heart and then you'll you'll decide to do something which you know is stupid. Like that. He knew that once he told her she was gonna tell the Pishtim. Uh, but he couldn't hold, he couldn't withstand the temptation. He couldn't overcome that. So that was his warning. You were shown what's going to happen. That's exactly what happened the second time. Again, in the same setting as well. The police forced his wife to try and get him to reveal a secret, and then he gave in here also. And this time he was punished for it. This time he lost his strength, and he was he, he was blinded. That's it. that's the principle we said that that uh, Kodesh Baruch first warns a person before he punishes. And if the point is that there's a certain weakness that a person has. Then there's a certain uh, the first could show, and this is the weakness. This is what you have to work on. And if they don't work on it, then that's where they're going to get punished. At the same point. And now why was that Levi? Why was that Shimshon's heart, which was the problem, which both of his wives point out to him? Why do you say Tanya, you don't love me? And then the point was that's exactly the problem. He wasn't meant to love them. They were Pishtim. Even if they were Gairim, like the Rambam says, but they weren't Gairim Lishma. Shimshun maybe was felt that what he had to do was to save Kaisra, but it didn't have to involve, so to speak, loving them. That was a mistake. And that was shown to him both times. That they said, why don't you love us enough? And that was Shimshun's problem. Just to give you a contrast. To somebody else who also was involved in this kind of relationship with the guy, the Shimshun And there's no love there for a second. And that was, we don't inform a few Prakim ago in Shaitan, the story of Yal and Sisra. We saw that also Yal seduces Sisra as a way to overcome it. He was also involved in Mai Savera, which from that which were bad, which the Gemara says, God love her Yishma. Yal didn't love Sisra for a second. It was an action which, whatever reason she felt it needed to be done to overcome Sisra, it was done completely Yishma. There was no wrong feelings involved, and that's why she's prayed for it. God love her Yishma, the Gemara says. Whereas Bashimshan, if he felt that to do the Avodah he had to do, and as a Navi, he, he understood that that's what was necessary. Okay, but don't, bring, don't involve your feelings in it. This is meant to be a Maisa Mitzvah, or a Maisa Vera Lishma, I should say. And uh, the fact that the positives about them, that he loved them, that was the problem. That's the problem. Then that makes what was originally Lishma not so Lishma. And Shemesh was warned, given that warning. When they themselves say to him, why do you say you love us? What Shemesh was meant to hear in that is, it's like a good question. Why did you say you love them? You're not meant to be loving them. Obviously, from them, they're talking from their point of view, but that's the message Shimshun was meant to be hearing. He was given the warning the first time, and the second time, that's what brings him down. And uh, when, so to speak, she took his heart, that was the reason why eventually he was Nechshan.
and uh, that's what happens. The here also. The ultimate The biggest irony of the story is that as much as Shimshon was she never loved him. On the contrary, the difference between the first wife and the second one. The first one you can understand, maybe she was trying to get Shimshon's secret because she was scared for her life. The Plishta and her friends told her that if you don't give us a secret, we're going to burn you down in your, in your house. So we can understand there was some justification that she wanted to save herself. Also, she didn't think she was endangering Shimshon by doing that. She, she thought, okay, it's a big deal, so you know, he'll tell me the secret, so he'll give him the clothing. But otherwise, I'm going to get burnt. So, Masha'enki, on the second time around, she knew, Mirosh, that the Prishnam told her, tell us what his strong is, that we can go and torture him. And what's in it for her? We'll get money. So, it was quite clear she didn't love Shimshon. There was no, no one threatened her. It was this other one. They were offering to reward her for giving away Shimshon. And she knew Shimshon was going to suffer for this. And that's the ultimate twist. That Shimshon's, mis- mis- Shimshon's post was that he left her. And it was shown what it was because other it wasn't reciprocated. Even though she uses the words, why did you say, why did you say you love me? But uh, that wasn't it wasn't reciprocated. It was only one way. That, that was the lesson to Shimshon. And that's what happens to him then. We saw last time that she gives away a secret, the fish to come. They blind him. That was also the Kagimir of the Gemara says. And therefore, that's the Gemara in Saita, and they bring him to Azam. The Gemara says he's killed, we saw this in the beginning of the parak, that Khilas killed Kura in Azam when he went to find the woman in Azam, and then he was brought back to Azam to be punished. By Asrug and Khushtayim, we saw they, they bound him in, in iron, so to speak, handcuffs, or iron chains, and they put him to work. And now once, even though it has been shown, it starts to grow again. So that's the that's story of Shemishan's punishment. Why didn't the Bishnam kill him? This was their enemy who had done so much damage, then why didn't they kill him? What was the idea of, of torturing him? So the Mashmalas, as we're going to see soon, is that they wanted to kill him eventually. But first they wanted to celebrate their victory over him. And therefore, he was held in Azza, so to speak, in the meantime, until they could celebrate their victory. And that's the next part of the story. The sign we're holding in Pasuk of Gimel, the sign they fished in Nezfil, the dog in the Rehayim, the leaders of the Pasani Pishtim, which were the officers of the Pishtim, these are the same people who were the ones who bribed the leader to find the secret. At the same time, they fished him. So now they gather, and they gather everybody with them to celebrate. And how are they going to celebrate? By a sacrifice to the god Dagon, that's the Vedazar of the Pishtim. With the Simcha, but Yehimur Nasan and Heinu Biyadein is not talking about Hashem; it's talking about their God. As Shimshon Levin, we were successful of Shimshon. They attributed this to the Avodah and therefore they wanted to make a big sacrifice to the Avodah to celebrate the downfall of Shimshon. By Yerushalayim, and so Shimshon was brought to where they were, so they could show that they had captured him. This is what they wanted to keep him alive, so they could demonstrate him that look, we won. We have, we've, so to speak, uh, captured Shimshon. They praised their God. They said their God, Dogon, has given them. Their enemy, the one who destroyed their country, remember he was the one who burnt down all their fields. The one who uh, caused so many deaths among the fish, like we saw, by the thousands of the fish that he killed. So that, that was the, the point of 
keeping Shemshin alive was to celebrate his downfall. And now we see another point also. And that is three times we in the Pasuk that they attributed the success of Shemshin to the Avodazar. Let's think a second. Where did that come into the story? Maybe they should have thanked his wife for finding out this first for them. What's going to do with Avodazar? In what way did Dog and Avodazar the Christian get involved in, in overcoming Shemshin? We don't see that there was any uh, Avedazara involvement, any campaign involvement. So why are they thanking the Avedazara for that? So we'll see this person we'll talk about this in the next year because it's an important point. But it also causes another issue. And that is, that makes Shimshon now a source of a Chidol A source of a Chidol Because his downfall is being attributed to the Avedazara. And uh, everybody's thanking the Avedazara for the fact that they have conquered Shimshon which causes this tremendous Chodol Hashem, because now seeing him in captivity is giving, is giving praise, is giving credit to Novei Rezai. Vayik Yitoi Vibam, in the middle of the, in the, mer- of the merriment, in the middle of the revelry, Vayayim Rukir the Shimshon Vayisachik Lano. Kol Shimshon Vayisachik Lano, Yishatzad Espeik. Yisachik is like the Lashon needs to dance or to make everyone happy. Vayik Yitoi the Shimshon Vayisachik Lano, Vayisachik Yitnayim, Vayamidu Yitzhi Vayinamudim. We're going to see that there, there, there was a building and the celebration was taking place on the roof of the building and they had Shimshon on the ground who, who was there to amuse them. And Shimshon goes along with that. In other words, uh, Shimshon didn't refuse to, to Misachik them. So that they wanted to Misachik them. But Misachik is which was the, the pillars of the building. And here's another point. Why does Shemishan agree? Why does Shemishan agree? So this was also a part of, so to speak, the, the Plishtim's feeling of their success. And that is Shemishan who had been so strong beforehand, who could resist anybody. So now he's very docile. Whatever they tell him to do, he'll do. He's not going to, he doesn't try and disagree, doesn't try and disobey. Whatever they tell him to do, he does. There was a part of, from their point of view, showing how that they had conquered Shemishan. Okay. Shimshon was blind, so they telling him to show him where to go. So the, the, the Nair, who was leading him to show him where to go, so he tells him, Help me and put my hands on the pillars which, the, which are holding up the building, I'll rest on them. And this also looked like something which was showing that Shimshon was weak. After whatever he did to amuse them, he was tired. He says, help me, put, like, help me hold on to the pillars so that I can rest, that I can uh, lean on them, it's hard for me to stand. The house was full of men and ladies, the Shama called Sarni Aplishtim, all the years of the Aplishtim, and it was that in the house. And the sound to that, Vayagag, on the roof of the house, Kishloshes, Alofim Ish Ve'esha, there were 3,000 people, Hayroim B'shaik Shimshon. So there's two separate things going on here. The one is the, the celebration to Dagon, which was in the house, that was full of all the sign of him, all the officers and the officials of the Plishtim. Besides for that, there were all the spectators who came to see the Schoik Shimshon who was standing on the roof. So this was obviously a big building, holding a few hundred people, we don't know, doesn't say how many, but a lot of people. And they all came to gather to celebrate the downfall of Shimshon. Okay, so that's the, uh, we'll be holding so far. But as well, tomorrow, we'll, next year, we'll, we'll finish the story of Shimshon. And we'll go back and answer these two points. What was the celebration to the Avodah Zarah over here? 
And why, 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 was, the, why was the that the reason that they brought Shemeshim to amuse them was the way to thank Baba Rizak. We'll talk about tomorrow and also finish what happened next at the end of the Surah of Shemeshim.